Hello, all you God lovers out there. What a wonderful day it is, for this is a day the Lord has made, and we shall be blessed in it. Hallelujah. Um, I want to talk to you today about a wonderful gift that God has given us and um, that most Christians do not take advantage of. You know, for hundreds of years, there have been countless questions about Christians receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit? How important is it for the church to receive the Holy Spirit? What happens when you receive the Holy Spirit? Is there any evidence to prove that you receive the Holy Spirit? And what are his benefits? Was the Holy Spirit only available to the disciples or to everyone in the church? These simple questions have caused great division in the church for centuries. Why has it caused division? The answer is quite simple. When we stop using God's word to answer these questions and look to our own personal experiences for the answers, we allow deception uh, to establish our faith. What does God, God's word, say about the Holy Spirit, this most wonderful and powerful gift from God? Well, let's Let's examine. Let's start by looking at Acts 1.8. And, um, and being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times and seasons which the Father has put in, in uh, his authority, um, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The very first point that should be noted in this passage of Scripture is that the Holy Spirit is referred to as the promise of the Father. If there's one thing that every Christian should understand about the relationship with God, it is that it, it is impossible for God to lie. So if there's any confusion that comes into being, we should look at the Word of God and understand that it's impossible for Him to lie. So if it's impossible for him to lie, then we understand that the truth is there and we should not be deceived. The who's, who is the deceiver? Well, the devil is the author of lies. Uh, Jesus told us in John eight forty four, and men will lie, but God cannot lie. The apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 20, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. The truth is a cornerstone for the foundation of faith. And without it, faith will never be obtained. It is faith established in truth which opens the door for any believer to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus established this truth in John fourteen six, And he said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to God except through faith, trust in the truth, Jesus Christ. And in the same way, no one receives the Holy Spirit except through faith. 
Now we go down and we read again in John 14, 15 through 18, where Jesus says this, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray in the father. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. It should be no surprise to the church that the devil, knowing the Holy Spirit can come and dwell in each believer, will do his utmost to stop this from happening. How can we stop the Holy Spirit uh, of God from filling a believer? He cannot stop a believer from receiving the Holy Spirit. However, note that the operative word is believer. The devil has done a masterful job of deceiving the church into believing that the Holy Spirit um, was only for the select few during the early start of the church. As the author of Lies and Deceit, what better way to hinder the power of God moving through the church than to convince the church that being filled with the Holy Spirit is a thing of the past? Listen, if a believer believes that being filled with the Holy Spirit is of the past, then why even ask? pray for, or contend, earnestly seek the Holy Spirit. However, that is not what Jesus instructed everyone to do. As we read in Luke 11, 9, starting in verse 9, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Now you need to underline that word everyone, because you're part of the everyone's and ask. Underline that. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him, uh, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give? That word means supply and furnish the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Now, it's important, as I said, to underline that word receives, because that word noted right there is uh, lambano in the Greek, and it means to take as one's own to seize, to lay hold of, to take possession of, to take a thing due according to an agreement or law. Lebano is a verb connoting an action on our part. We are to ask, and then we are to take hold of the Holy Spirit as he is given or furnished by God. Is there evidence of his coming? The book of Acts is full of the believers filled with the Holy Spirit doing great feats for God. However, there is one instance that has always intrigued me, and it comes from Acts 8, verses 4, starting in verse 4 through 23. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitude, with, a, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, 
and there were great there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man named uh, Simon uh, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astounded the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things uh, concerning the kingdom of God and came um, in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were, were done. Now, when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had not fallen upon, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to make note there. This is where we see that there were two separate events that took place in these believers' uh, lives. First, they received the word of God and were baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ. But then we see that there was a, a separate uh, action that took place when the disciples uh, came down from Jerusalem and prayed for them that the Holy Spirit would fill them. And uh, it goes on in verse 17. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that, the, that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion." In this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned with bitterness and abound and bound in iniquity. So, the details of this event are quite revealing. Paul goes down, or I'm sorry, Philip goes down to preach the gospel in Samaria with great results. Even a saucer by the name of Simon believes that Philip was proclaiming and was amazed, believed what Philip was proclaiming and was amazed at the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Things progressed so well that Peter and John were dispatched by the apostles from Jerusalem to Samaria. Samaria was a city with an interesting past. Under the influence of Jezebel, Back in the Old Covenant, uh, it became a city of idolatrous worship where Ahab reared up an altar of, uh, of Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. It is quite clear that Samaria was a city that had many strange events happening in its past. In fact, many were done at the hands of the sorcerer Simon. However, what took place when the Holy Spirit came upon those that received him, even astounded this sorcerer. It is important that we understand that 
two different events took place. We know that many people became believers, became believers through Philip's ministry. However, verse 15 tells us that the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon them yet. This would lead us to believe that the two events were separate from each other. What happened when the Holy Spirit fell upon them was so amazing that it even astounded Simon the sorcerer, and he sought to buy it with money. What followed next gives great insight into what may hinder the receiving of the Holy Spirit. First, the believer needs to know that they need to ask God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will only enter a home when he is invited, and our heart is our home. Secondly, it is evident that the heart that is not right with God, a heart filled with sin, even a believer, will not experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This begs the question, can a believer still be filled with sin? Yes, I can. Will sin stop the power of God from moving through their lives? Yes, it can. A great example of this is found in Apostle Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. We read that the church was condoning sin by one young man. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as it is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. And you are puffed up and, and not rather mourning that you who that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed am absent of body, but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has so done this deed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ." Can sin stop the power of God from moving in one's life to the point that even an enemy can destroy their flesh, but not their born again of spirit? The good news is that the young man repented and was restored. Is this the only instance like this in the Bible? In the book of Acts chapter 5, we read the account about a couple uh, by the name of Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira's wife. They sinned in their hearts and lied to the Holy Spirit. Their flesh suffered the consequences and they died instantly. The truth is, many want to experience the powerful gift from God called the Holy Spirit. As we have discovered, there are only two things that will stop the Holy Spirit. Unbelief, no trust, and sin in the heart. Our prayer is that the whole body of Christ moves by faith, trust, with a clean heart and receives lumbano, this powerful gift from God, the Holy Spirit. It is then that we will witness the full power of the Holy Spirit in action. In closing, Jesus commanded us with this, Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not by any means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they well re shall recover. My friends, I know that the power 
rests out there for us to take advantage of. God gives the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes. It's up to us to receive it, to lambano it, to take hold of it and use it as God intends. And then I think we will see the church move in the true power of God and the unbelievers will marvel at what they see. Have a blessed week and we'll see you next time.